Welcome to the VBAC Link podcast. This is Julie and Megan with you today, and we are so excited. Oh my gosh, we're just getting back into the groove of podcast recording, and I'm just over here with a big old smile on my face. Um, I'm sure Megan is the same. We just shut off our videos. We record on Zoom, so we just shut off our videos, and uh, it's always fun to get to see each other because me and Megan, we hardly ever see each other anymore. It's really funny. But it's fun to see our guests and hear, and just to chat a little bit first and kind of get back into it. But we have a really, really exciting guest for you today. It is Daniela, and she's going to share her story about her VBAC. And we're going to talk about advocating for your rights during childbirth because that's a really hard thing to do. And sometimes you don't exactly know how to do it. So Daniela's story is going to go into that a little bit. And then we're going to talk a little bit more at the end. But before we get started... Megan has a review of the week for us. Yes, I do. This is from Jen73637287. <laughs> and the <laughs> Okay, sorry, go on. Um, so the title is so inspiring. She says, Thank you for providing this important resource to women. I am preparing for my VBAC coming any day now. I'm 40 weeks, five days today. Your podcast has been so informative and inspirational. Your work is truly making a difference. You, thank you so much for, the empowering, for empowering me and all the others as long as we follow our journey. And I, I love that. I am excited to, to know if she had her VBAC or how her birth went. That was back in June, you guys, June of 2021. 2021. No, 2020. I bet this is in 2020. So that is a long time ago. And we love our reviews. Um, if we ever read your review on the podcast, we love for to know like the follow-up. Let us know how things went. And of course, we're always looking for new and um, fun reviews. So if you have a second, drop us a review. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Google. Pretty much Facebook. Like Facebook. Wherever, wherever we are, you can leave us a review and we love them. They mean the world to us and we love reading them on the podcast. So thank you so much to Jen, all the numbers, seven, three, six, three, seven, two, eight. And yeah. <laughs> you are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Frankham and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. I love it. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Okay. We are here today with Daniela, and she is a wife, a mama of two boys, and she is currently expecting baby number three in the fall of 2022. So we're so excited for her and her upcoming birth as well. But before we get talking too much or singing, because apparently singing is something I do now on the podcast. I don't even know. Like first episode. I don't know. It's just weird. Before I, <laughs> before I just start being weird again, Daniela, welcome. We are so excited to have you and we would love for you to share your stories with us. Thank you. Well, it is an honor to be, you know, here. I just, every time I listen to the podcast, I was like, oh, one day I'm going to be in it and tell my story. So this is a dream come true for me. Yay! <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. So I got pregnant back in uh, 2018 and it was the same year that I had a miscarriage. So my C-section was my rainbow baby. So it was pretty, pretty kind of like mixed emotions anyway. Yeah. So I thought I wanted, you know, this like natural unmedicated birth since the beginning. I went with the midwives because I thought they were going to be a huge part of my birth process of like, you know, not wanting to have medicated birth. So anyway, so my whole pregnancy was normal, healthy, you know, nothing, no concerns or anything. So I went, you know, I saw, I thought, why not? You know, the birth is going to be just as wonderful as pregnancy was. So I was about 39 weeks and my uh, construction started um, Saturday morning, like 3 a.m. But they were very like 10 minutes apart, 20 minutes apart. Like they were very random. So I was like, well, I'm just going to, you know, keep on doing, you know, just resting and sleeping and all. And then by, you know, like noon, 1, 2 p.m., you know, they were like getting more like on a rhythm. So I started like, you know, checking them and they were pretty consistent, but they were not very intense. And, you know, as a first time, like I didn't know what to expect. I don't know. how I didn't know how the pain level was going to be. So and I remember, you know, in the classes that I took, uh, they told me just 411, you know, like every four minutes for every four minutes for one, one minute, you know, every minute and for an hour. At least an hour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. So I timed it and, you know, they were pretty consistent, but they were very, like, they were not very intense. So I called the midwife and I said, you know, they're 411, but they're not very intense. And she's like, well, you can just come in. And I said, okay. So I came in and they checked me and I was at four and they're like, no, you know, you still need to go home and you started labor more. And and I remember that they told me when you need to punch someone or something and you start to start crying, that's when you need to come in. I said, okay. So I called my mom and I said, you know what? I think, you know, I'm, it's time. I think it, you know, the time is getting sooner. So why don't you come over? So she came over. So it was my mom, my husband and myself. Um, you know, I just, you know, started laboring and stuff. And by that time, you know, I hadn't eaten anything because I wasn't, you know, I just didn't want to eat anything. I wasn't feeling like you like it. So anyway, and then by 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., you know, they, they got really intense and I was punching the wall <laughs> and I was crying. And, you know, I was like and I remember I was fighting every single contraction. Like I was just fighting and not to feel the pain. And my mom was like she was a little bit stressed. Um, so I think I don't know if that got into my head and that was just like that ambience of her like not being you know, calm and relaxed that, you know, it got to me. And then uh, she was like, told my husband, we need to go to the hospital. We need to go to the hospital right now. She's crying and she's punching the walls. <laughs> so anyway, so we got to the hospital and they checked me and I was five, uh, but I did not want to ep- the epidural, you know, in the back of my mind, but I was in so much pain. And I looked at my husband, and I said, I'm sorry, babe, I need to have an epidural. And he looked at me and he's like, okay, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. You know, but you said, <laughs> and I said, I know, but I'm so sorry. I was in so much pain. So he was kind of supported in that way, but, you know, didn't want to speak up. Like you told me that you didn't want an epidural. So anyway, so he was trying to be supportive. So I think we got to the hospital like around 11 by that time. And uh, so they gave me the epidural. And right in my room after triage, and I progressed from five to eight centimeters in like three hours. Like it was really quick. And I was like, okay, this is going well, you know. And I think they gave me pitocin. To be honest, I don't remember. 
Uh, so I got progressed really well in three hours. And I was like, oh, this is going well. You know, I'm progressing very. But from eight centimeters to nine, it took forever, like maybe 10 hours. It took a long wow. time. It took a wow. long time. I was doing fine. The baby was doing fine. You know, nothing to worry about. Like, oh, we need to, you know, go into a C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, it was like afternoon of the Sunday afternoon by that time. So I was in the hospital for a really long time. No eating because there, you're not allowed. So I had nothing to eat. I was tired, you know, all of that. And then by two o'clock, they were like, okay, even though you're not 10, I was like nine and a half, we're going to start pushing. And I said, okay. So we started pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for four hours, four hours I pushed. But the time, you know, I was done pushing or before the four hour mark, the heart rate was decreasing, um, the baby's heart rate. And they're like, well, you know, the baby's not taking well the construction. So we might as well just, you know, do a C-section just to have that, you know, in the back of my mind. So I think as soon as I heard the C-section word, I just shut down. Like my brain shut down, my body shut down. Like I just, I don't know. It's just like a completely different vibe that I felt. And then I remember when I was pushing my husband, I was like, okay, you need to keep going. Come on. We don't want to do a C-section. Come on, you can do it. And he was really trying to be supportive. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, so I pushed and nothing. And, you know, they told me that the hardware was really low and they're like, okay, I'm so sorry. You know, we just have to do a C-section. And by the time they told me that I was tired, like I was, you know, I was so afraid and it was, it was so like, it's just the, the whole ambience just changed in like seconds. There were three people in the room, my husband, my mom, and the midwife. And then like in two seconds, there were 12 people in the room like, you know, scattering, like, you need to sign this paper and this and this and that. And I was like, like, what just happened? Like, what is happening right now? So they let me sign, you know, like the forms of the, and I have no idea what they, you know, what I signed, you know, it was like an outer mode by that point. So I signed and I was sobbing, I was crying. I was so scared that, you know, something would happen to my baby, something would happen to me. You know, I was so like, I felt defeated. Like I did my work, you know, I, thought I researched, I thought I prepared myself, but I guess not. So anyway, so we went to the, um, to the uh, OR and I was there and then my husband was there at the back of my, you know, the head. And I just remember feeling every single little bone, like pulling out of my body. And I remember there was a doctor right behind me and she said, you are not supposed to feel pain. You're supposed to be feel just pressure. And I was like, this is not feel like pressure. Like I felt everything. <laughs> And she's like, is it painful? And I said, yes. So she, you know, she, I guess they gave me more like medicine, like pen medication. And as soon as she did that, like the pressure was still there, but the pain was gone. So thankfully I spoke, you know, I said something. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise yeah. it would have felt like stitching me. And oh my gosh, it was horrible. So the whole 15 minutes that I was there, I was crying and I was shaking and I was in pain and I was screaming. Uh, the whole time, the whole 15 minutes, my husband told me this. So after that, you know, the baby was born and then they, you know, they show it to me, they show him to me through the curtains. And I was at that point, I was so defeated and I was so overwhelmed that I just did not, I remember I did not want to take a look at my baby, like what just yeah. happened? Like I just had a baby and I feel horrible. Like I'm a mom. Like you're supposed to, you know, take care of your baby and wanted to hold your baby. I did not want to do anything to do with the baby, like nothing. I did not want to take a look at him. 
nothing for like 10 minutes. And then after, you know, they give him to my husband and then my husband carry him and then he show him to me. And then by that time I was like, oh, I had a baby, you know, like, mm, like kind of a disconnect. There yes. was a disconnect. Yeah. Very disconnected. And then after that, you know, I started shaking and they told me that it was normal. And they said, you know, if you start shaking, that's normal. But I was like non, you know, nonstop shaking. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is not normal. So I, you know, started shaking and they gave me more medicine, I guess, to stop shaking. And I remember that they asked me in the room, they're like, do you want to hold your baby? And I said, no, I'm afraid that I'm going to drop him because I was so shaking. shaking so bad. Yeah. So I think it took about an hour and a half after that. I was like, okay, I just had the baby. You know, I stopped shaking like, okay, I can finally hold my baby. So I didn't get the golden hour that I was craving for. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it just, so that was my traumatic experience with my C-section and the recovery was awful. I had to stay, we had to stay with my mom for about two months because back then I was living in an apartment with stairs. So I didn't, you know, I couldn't go up the stairs or down the stairs. So I stayed with my mom and you can just imagine how just living with your mom and after having a baby and a husband, it's just like, okay, this is not what I planned. I cannot only personally imagine I've done it. Uh, My mom lived with me, but yes, it's not, it's, it's, it, a lot of people would think like it's super ideal because mom's there to help. And and that's nice, but it's just yeah. not, it's, you want, you need your space. Exactly. You need your space. Yeah. Exactly. Especially after having a baby mm-hmm. and a traumatic experience. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, so after that, um, I was determined, like, there's no way I'm going to have another birth, the same experience, like no way <laughs> I'm going to do everything in my power and everything that I can. So I don't experience this again. So I started researching, you know, like uh, birth after cesarean and I learned the term VVAC. I've never heard of it. So I learned about it. I learned about the Facebook group and the podcast. So I just started like, you know, listening to stories and reading stories and just like, getting information. I just pretty much saturated myself. Like that's all I thought about. That's all I talked about with friends and family. And I guess they were pretty tired of me talking about it. But, um, and, you know, just the people that, you know, they think just because you have a C-section, then you can just kind of have a C-section, you know, all of your births. And I remember people looking at me like, you're crazy. Like, oh, so you had a C-section. So you're going to have another C-section. I said, no. I'm going to have a be back. <laughs> and they're like, what is that? So, you know, got to meet the chance to like get, you know, knowledge to other people about be back and, you know, all of that. So that was pretty, I felt pretty like powerful, you know, like knowing something and like telling people about it. So that was pretty cool. So anyway, and then after that, you know, I, I took this pregnancy different. Like I tried to eat healthier. I was more active. I was, you know, exercising and walking and, you know, just doing all the movements and bossing on my wall. So I did everything that they told me to do to have a successful VBAC. And I did like the dates, the, the raspberry tea, uh, everything I did. I hire a doula. I hire a doula at my late 37 weeks or 36 weeks. And I took too long because we couldn't afford it. And I did, I really did talk to my husband and I said, I really think we need this. And he's like, okay, you know, we prayed about it and got your show us like, okay, yes, this, this is, this is what it takes for you to have, you know, a VVAC then just go for it. 
So we feel at peace. And um, so we hired a doula. Time went and I was almost 38 weeks and it was my baby shower. And I woke up with contractions that day. (laughs) It was early morning. And but they were like 10 minutes apart, 15 minutes apart. So I texted my doula and I said, um, I don't know if this is the real thing, but I'm having contractions. You know, they're very random. And she's like, just take a shower, relax and just let me know how you feel. And I said, OK, so I did that. And I think that relaxed my body. And they were more far apart, like 30 minutes apart, like 40 and then 20 and 15. So very random. And then after that, my husband was like, are you going to your baby shower? And I said, yes. And she's, and he's like, but you're in labor. I'm like, I might be, I might be not. Who knows? So I went to my baby shower <laughs> and I guess I just forgot about the constructions with, you know, talking with the people and all that. And this is during COVID. So we actually did a drive through uh, baby shower and I did not want to tell anyone, but my sister and my sister-in-law, and I did not want to tell my mom because of the past experience that I had with her, that she just gets really stressed very quickly. Uh, and she was not feeling good. So we had the thought that she might have COVID. So I said, I'm not going to worry her with that either. So anyway, so I didn't tell her. So I went to my baby shower and, and, you know, by the middle of the baby shower, I was feeling the contractions like very, like, you know, very soon. And I was like, oh, okay, I think this is the real deal. So the baby shower ended around 7 p.m. And then I went home and, you know, I was starting like, I, I needed to stop to breathe through my contractions. And when my husband saw me, he's like, oh, oh, my gosh, I think we're having a baby. We I didn't even <laughs> pack. I like I didn't even have the hospital back ready. Uh, he didn't even have the, the you know, the back ready either. It was two weeks early. So <laughs> we never thought that he was going to come two weeks early. That is so, so like- funny. Um, <laughs> my third baby, my second VBAC, uh, I went to a baby shower for myself on her birthday as well. And she was born at 37 weeks. And it's so funny. Just there's so much about your story. I'm just laughing along with, cause I was like right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I, I said, you know, just pack some things, put some things in, you know, in the back. So I just like, you know, I got very, very, very intense with my breathing. And I think that helped me through the whole contractions and how to breathe and how to stay calm and, you know, all of that. So I was very focused on my breathing and I did not let anything distract me, you know, not even my toddler, my husband, my thoughts, anything, just like, just keep breathing. And then after an hour, you know, I said, I think you need to call my doula. So my husband called my, my doula and I haven't even met my doula. Like the day after on Sunday, we were supposed to meet to actually meet in person. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually met my doula. Like duty, my you know labor <laughs> during when you started labor. You, you I had a birth like hey, that. It's never. I, I have I have done that too. I was at a birth one time where they called me and they're like, "We've been in labor for two days. Like, please come over." <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm like, I love so it. I was like meeting them during like in between contractions. Like, okay, so what do you do for a living? How long have you been together? <laughs> What's your birth plan? <laughs> yeah, what, what would you like for this birth? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Go on. <laughs> yes. I mean, we, we talked on the phone about what was my birth plan and all that, but it's just, you know, and we were going to practice like breathing techniques uh-huh. and payment and nothing of that happened. So anyway, so she came over. Um, so she was listening to the, you know, on the phone and, 
you know, I was making those sounds and she's like, oh, yeah, she's in labor. OK, let me just give me an hour and I'll be right there. So she gave me an hour and I labor for, you know, for another hour or so for a while here at the, um, in my home, you know, dim lights, the toddler was asleep. Um, I had my worship music on like it was just so different from my, you know, from my other for my first birth. So uh, I was very calm and very like, you know, focused on my breathing. And she helped me through like m- movement and stuff like that. And and then at around 10, 1030, my water broke. And I said, I think my water broke because I never experienced. And she's like, OK, let me check. So we checked and she's like, yep, that was your water. OK, so how are you feeling? Like, do you want to go to a hospital now? And I was like, I don't know. Like, should I <laughs> Like, I have no idea what to do? And I was like, oh, baby, I mean, and I said, can I just wait a little longer and see how I how I feel? And she's like, just letting you know the construction is not going to get more intense. And the hospital is about 20, 25 minutes away. And I said, let me just do one more construction. She's like, OK, let's just do it. But they were like, so like back to back. And I was like, oh, no, I think I need to go to the hospital right now. <laughs> and then and I told her, I said, I have the orchard to push and she's like oh my gosh so she pulled my husband and she's like just letting you know if you think that she's gonna have the baby in the car just pull over and call 911 <laughs> and my husband was like oh my gosh no let's just not do that so <laughs> but he's like uh no <laughs> let's not do that at all you someone all. else can drive someone else can drive <laughs> yes so we rushed to the hospital and we got there and they checked me and they're like, okay, you're eight. And I was like, okay, yes, I can do this. Cause I've, you know, I've learned that the transition is the quickest, the painful, the painful one, but the quickest one. And I said, okay, if I'm an eight, I know I can do this. And uh, so, yeah, so they checked me at, but by that time I was like, you know, they were like asking me questions and in the second that I had to like breathe, I answer them. Like I would not answer them when I was having a construction. I was like, I don't care about them. I just care about my breathing. And if, you know, if something's gonna throw me off, then I'm not going to do it. So they changed me from triage to the room and they're like, okay, she's like, she's going quick. Like, you know, we're going to have this baby really quick. So we got to the room and they're like, can we do this? And I said, no, can we do that? IV? And I said, no, like that was one of the things that I advocated for myself and I didn't know before. Like I didn't know that I can deny any, you know, intervention that they want to do it. And the funny part is when I walked in the room, there was a nurses and there was the doctor and they're like, oh, this is Dr. Such and Such. It was the same doctor that did my C-section. And I remember his name clear. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. So that thought like, OK. If he knows, then he might want to push to have a C-section because, you know, he did it with me. So I was like, no, I'm not going to go there with my thoughts. Like, no, let's just keep focusing on breathing. And he's like, okay, how you doing? I was like, like trying not to, you know, like breathe. And I was like, oh, I'm good. So, you know, they were trying to put the IV and I was like, no, I don't need to. And they're like, can I check you? And I said, hold on, I'm breathing. Like I'm having a construction, like, <laughs> and then, you know, I was, feeling the the urge to push. And I don't know how, but I just knew, like, I just knew that I was ready to push. And they're like, don't push. I need to check you. I need to check you. (laughs) I was like, dude, I need to check. Like inside of me, I was like, like yelling, like, you don't need to check. And I just need to have this baby right now. (laughs) But I did not say anything because I didn't, I didn't want to like lose my strength Mm. in telling them what to do. I was like, no. 
So they're like, can I please check you? And I said, okay. So I put the position all fours, you know, I put on the bed. I didn't lay on my back because I knew I wouldn't, that would not go well. So I put myself in the bed on all fours and they're like, um, like they weren't sure, like, are you going to roll over? And I said, no, I'm going to keep it like that. And she's like, okay. So she checked me and she's like, oh yeah, she's ready. And inside of me, I was like, of course I'm ready. I knew that. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I was still in that position and the nurse asked the, the, the doctor, she's like, um, I think she wants to push in that position. Is that okay? Like she was asking the doctor and I was like, yes, of course it's okay. Like I want to push however I want to push. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is my baby. This is my birth. And the doula, she was very helpful. Like she didn't speak to the stuff in my behalf, but she was like, you know, when she saw me that I couldn't speak, she spoke up for me Good um, for her. or she spoke with my husband and then my husband spoke for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she didn't like took my place, but she helped me through that. And And the nurses asked, like, what's her birth plan? And my husband was like, no clue. And my doula had to like, you know, oh, she, you know, dim lights and this and that and that. So all of that. So she was helpful in the end. Very helpful. Um, so anyway, and then after that, you know, so I started pushing and I pushed for like three for like 30 minutes and he was out. And when, you know, when I just felt the whole body just like psh, just out of my body, you know, I switched right over to my back and they're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You're going to crash the baby. Because <laughs> I was so excited to like hold my baby. So, you know, I like lean over him and they're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to like, you know, unwrap him. And I said, okay. And then, you know, they unwrap him from the umbilical core and they're like, okay, now you can, now you can move over. So I moved and, you know, put it in my back and then they just hand him to me right away. And I just started sobbing and crying. And I just, and I was just in awe. Like, I cannot believe that I did that. And it was just an amazing feeling. And I just, I never thought that I was going to be able to do an unmedicated, you know, birth at all. So, so yeah, so that's my story. <laughs> that's really exciting. I love it. I love that everything kind of went so quick that you kind of barely knew what to do. Like, it sounds <laughs> like mm -hmm. I, I love those parts of that. Sometimes, um, it can, things are definitely a, a little more challenging that way sometimes, but sometimes it works out a little bit easier because there's not a lot of time to try and interfere with the birth process. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. Cause it like, they want to like help you, but there's not like, like you said, there's not time to be like, well, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And even like you said, like the few things that they did want to do that you didn't feel comfortable with, you were like, no, I don't want to, I don't want that. And that's a hard thing to do in that situation. Um, when there's a lot of people like, Hey, we need this IV. We need this. We need this. And it's like, okay, okay. Okay. Cause you're not in a state of mind that you just like, can be like, Oh wait, hold on. I don't want that. I don't want this. You know, a lot of the times people just go in there like, okay, yeah, whatever. Cause they're so focused on laboring and you like kept your focus on laboring and then also kept your focus on what was important to you. And I, I applaud you for that. because that's really, really hard to do. Thank yeah. You. And I, um, I think it's so funny when you said that 
the staff asked what was in your birth plan and your husband was like, I have no idea. And the the doula was, was there to help guide you and um, remind your husband maybe a little bit about what, what was needed because you certainly weren't in a place to stand up for yourself and explain everything because labor is just really hard like that. Like nobody is in a, is in a spot to really be able to do that. But, uh, but your doula was, your doula was able to do that for you. And I really like how you said that when you weren't able to communicate for yourself, she would communicate for you, or she would help your husband communicate for you. Because that's something that I really think is important as a doula as well is, and something that I try to do is I, it's hard sometimes finding the balancing act between like really advocating in the birth room and helping the parents learn how to learn how to, or remind them of what they want to advocate for. Right. And so I like that you mentioned that she was able to do that because sometimes, you know, it's harder for husbands or other birth partners to be able to remember what, what you wanted in the moment. And sometimes just a little nudge from the doula be like, Hey, by the way, like she don't want to push on her back. So let's just be ready because this provider looks like uh, he might want to make her do that. And then the husband's like, Oh yeah, that's right. I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> and so it just takes a little gentle nudge and reminder. And that's exactly what doulas are there to help you with as well. Yes, that's for sure. She was, yeah, I think she was a, a crucial part of my birth. And, you know, with this baby that we're going to have in the fall, you know, I told my husband, I, I said, even though it's my third, it's my, it's going to be my second VBAC. You don't know what birth is going to be like, you know, like my second was very easy, but I don't know how the third will be. So I said, I'm, we're going to hire, we're going to hire her again. She's like, he's like, okay. Cause he knew the difference that she made. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's when something probably- that my husband said too. Oh, sorry. I was going to say like, we had, we had no doula for my first two C-sections and then we had the doula for my third. And my husband's like, okay, we are like totally done having kids, but I would never do that again without another, like without a doula, because that was incredible. Yeah. It brought so much peace for him too. Yeah. Having someone that kind of knows is familiar with the birth space and the birth process and what's going on really is helpful when you have, especially when you have two people, oh my gosh, especially when you already know what's going on in the birth process, like you can't doula yourself. Like I, we've been doulas, like Megan was a doula during her VBAC after two C-sections. I was a doula for my second two VBACs, but like having somebody that's level-headed, that knows what's going on, that knows what's not an emergency, like that everything is normal. And then if things do become a little more urgent, they can help guide you and steer you and help you know what options are and how to ask questions and how to communicate with the staff and all those sorts of things. So yeah, lots of great um, information there about doulas. We have lots of information available about doulas on our blog as well. We'll drop some links to evidence for doulas that we have blogs about. And there's actually statistical evidence. Like it is, had been documented showing that having a doula in your room and present for you can, or it does not can, it does reduce your chances of having a C-section by 39%, which is a huge deal. So don't take my word for it. Go check out our blog. We have links to all the studies there cited for you. So you can go and see for yourself, but let's talk about a little bit about birth advocacy for a second and standing up for yourself. I think we kind of already touched on how having 
somebody like a doula for you that knows what you want and that's able that like understands the birth process and is familiar with it is really important piece of being able to advocate for yourself and stand up for the, uh, having a birth that you want. But I really like during your story, Daniela, how you, there's a couple little parts that stuck out to me, like during your surgery, when you were having your C-section, you kept bringing up that it hurt. And then I almost kind of got a little bit frustrated when you said the nurse kept asking you, well, like, does it hurt? Or do you just feel pressure? And you're like, it hurts. Like how many times did you have to like tell them that? But by keep, by continuing to speak up for yourself and say that you, they, they were able to resolve it and get you some medication and pain relief so that you could actually have that relief and have it resolved later on. And, and some people, I mean, it's really hard to stand up for yourself sometimes in the birth space, especially during such an emotional event, such as giving birth and being able to do that can be really intimidating for, for people. And I think it's really important thing. And it's another thing that you can kind of use to attest to the importance of having a birth team that you really trust, because imagine how much harder it is with a provider who you don't like, or you don't trust, or you don't believe is going to even believe you like standing up and advocating for yourself in an environment that is not supportive and that you don't feel supportive of your needs and your care is a lot harder to do than standing up for yourself in an environment where you feel supported, believed and trusted. So I think that's really important part of your story that you shared. And then I also really like how at the end of your story, you talked about you hired your doula. Um, I think you said 37 weeks, was it? Yes, when you hired her? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've been yeah. hired that late before and that's totally fine. Um, but I liked it because it, first of all, shows that it's never too late to hire a doula, but I like the conversation you had with your husband because I've had conversations like that with my husband as well about like, Hey, like, I know that we can't really afford this, but this keeps coming back to me as something that's really important. And we need to figure out how to make it work. And we've had lots of conversations like that throughout our marriage and throughout our relationship, but it's especially important for something like this for birth for your birth experience. If something keeps coming back to you, maybe it's not hiring a doula. Maybe, maybe you don't hire a doula and it's okay. Like you can, you can have a VBAC without a doula. Lots of people do it, but doulas are definitely beneficial during all births, especially for VBAC, but you kept coming up and kept coming back to you and you talked to your husband about it. And I know we were talking about like birth advocacy and standing up for yourself in your, in your space, but also you also had enough confidence, obviously, like we hope you do in your relationship with your husband that you're, that you're like, okay, listen, this is what needs to happen. This keeps coming back to you. And he supported you in that. And we're like, okay. And he said, I mean, like, I'm super paraphrasing right now. I'm sure it's way more complicated than this. Um, but he's like, okay, let's figure out how to make this work. And, and you guys figured it out. And I think that that's a great testament to, first of all, your determination, second of all, your relationship. And third of all, just really honoring that intuition and following and trusting yourself and believing in that. And all of those things are really important in order to have a birth experience that you can look back on and not question your decisions and your choices. Oh, what if, or what if yourself, you know, like, what if I did this? What if I did that? So I think that's really important. And I'm proud of you for, for doing that because I mean, finances are a big reason and big influence for, for a lot of decisions, but I know a lot of doulas are willing to 
work out um, trades and payment plans and like all sorts of things. I don't know. I'm certainly am. And I've heard a lot of doulas certainly are. And you might be surprised as you ask around and figure out ways um, you can make it work. I don't know, Megan, I feel like I've been talking forever. What do you have to say? about advocacy or doula work or all of it or anything. No, yeah, you're <laughs> fine. I think I would say exactly what you're saying. So yeah, it's it's a hard thing to do, but it's so important. It's really crucial. And something I think during pregnancy, it, whether you have a doula or not, also don't don't 100% rely on that doula to do that either. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you, you got to prepare yourself. And I think really having the education, the education like behind VBAC and what you're wanting to do is going to be important. And then really in those prenatals, having deep conversations with your provider, because if you have these, these discussions with your provider, it is going to strengthen your relationship. So in those moments of like, oh my gosh, you know, this is hard. You should hopefully feel like you have that established relationship. And it's hard when you like go in, you don't even know who's on call. That is a, that's a difficult thing, but through practice of saying like advocating for yourself and saying, this is what I want. This is what I want through your prenatal care. It could just truly help you in the birth scenario. If that makes sense. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of like, yeah, prepare by talking to your provider and all those things. And, you know, and in our course and things, we gave like tons of questions for providers, but just, yeah, having deep conversations and learning really what matters to you, like what you're, what you want to fight for. Yeah. I like that knowing what's most important to you. I know birth plans, birth preferences, birth goals. There's a lot of talk and dialogue about that right now um, in the birth community. And things are shifting a little bit too about that. Don't go in with like a 10 page birth plan with bullet points about every single little detail that you want to happen exactly the way that you want it to, because birth just doesn't go like that. Everything about it is unpredictable, but having some main goals about the most important things to you, that is what is really going to be able to center your care with your provider and be able to allow that relationship to develop, to develop in a natural and organic way so that your provider will be able to best support you to align with those specific goals. And then all the details will kind of sort themselves out along the way and during your birth. I just think it's wonderful. I love your story. I'm so grateful for you sharing it. I am wanting to wish you all the love and all the luck with baby number three. I'm sure it will just be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Fall 2022. You have to let us know how it goes. We're curious. I, I We're will. For sure. for you. <laughs> yes, please, please, please. All right. Okay. And if you listening now are interested in how you can prepare with all the knowledge and information that you need for your own VBAC, we are excited to share this information with you. We have a VBAC preparation course made specifically for you that will teach you everything you never knew you needed to know about VBAC and VBAC birth and how to prepare for it. You can find that at thevbaclink.com slash shop, learn everything about the course there and get signed up today. And we also have a whole bunch of VBAC trained and certified doulas on our website as well. You can find them at thevbaclink.com slash find a doula. So it's a twofer for you. We got a course and we got some doulas to help you along on your journey. So head over to the website, give them a check them out, give them a checkout. What, did I, what was I going to say? Give them a checkout. That makes no sense. <laughs> 
Give them a check out. And let us know how you like the course, how you love in our doulas. And we are excited to hear about your VBAC birth experience. Interested in sharing your VBAC story on the podcast? Submit your story at the vbacklink.com slash share. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.